with Mr. Joseph Tedai, who's been MIA for several months aside from Cobblecast. And uh, yeah, man, what the fuck you been up to? Yeah, man, just uh, actually had a lot going on, dude. Um, uh, first thing, I finally got my um, my uh, T1 uh, performance nutrition line launched. That's your hat. I just noticed that. Nice yeah, you said, man. Yeah, 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 nice little so, product plug, Joe Tenna. Yeah, man. So we got we got that going, um, and it's uh, you know for forty five and over, and we've got you know a multivitamin immune boost, a testosterone boost, and a um, pre workout, and uh, specifically designed for guys forty five and older. And so, um, and you can go to T one for life. Uh, the name of the company is T1 Performance Nutrition, which is also the website. Um, and um, one thing I will tell you, who's ever listening, we are looking for brand ambassadors. So I don't need like pro athletes, but if you're like somebody who's very active, you know, you have an active lifestyle and you and you've, you know, you fit into what we're looking for, uh, definitely contact me through um, uh, uh, through through here. And you can just email me directly at Joseph Teddy, T-E-T-I 4200 at Gmail. Dot com. So we got that going on. And then my Wetsy course, right? Uh, I had to cancel, man, dude. Freaking COVID, like, wiped out my class, man. Like, straight up, I had to cancel my August class. And so I bumped everything. My next class is uh, December 10th, 11th, and 12th, So, uh, which is my birthday, by the way, 10th. So we moved, we moved the course to the 10th. I think we got, like, three or four seats left. And uh, for anybody that's interested, you can just go to SpartanAmericana.com or JoeTedEye.com. And everything, everything's on my Joe Tedai page now, Tom, because I had like a lot of shit flying around. So I was just like, screw, we'll put everything on one page. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to JoeTedEye.com. And then, of course, um, the coaching with Dale, um, you know, that's actually starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, COVID really put a screw to everything, man, as you know. Yeah. You know, it, was, it really, really... Uh, uh, and I ended up getting COVID. I ended up getting, I was sick for 19 days. Uh, I had, I had every symptom, every symptom that was on, you know, so, uh, and my taste actually, it, it took a while for my taste to come back. So, um, but anyway, yeah, man. So that's where I've been. <laughs> I was gonna, Sorry. Yeah. No, no. For, well, well, yeah, no, I'll put all those links in the description as always. Yeah, and, thanks, bro. Well, I was going to say, and for anyone watching as opposed to just listening, well, you know, and as did I tell you permanent, permanently got the band hammer. YouTube, yeah, for uh, really, Doctor Peter McCullough, the most published cardiologist in world history, came on my podcast. He's testified before the U.S. Senate. He said, "Wow, dude!" He said, "For people over fifty, he said there are four vitamins they should take to avoid COVID fatality. He just named four things you can buy at Walmart." That guy could taken down. Not my other episodes. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Not my other episodes. I mean. I mean, it's, it's a huge, wow. it's a huge kick in the dick, man. It's uh, I had built, I had put a lot of time into that, but, um, it's, uh, I've also kind of taken it for what it is and just acknowledged that it's what it is. I appealed it and they told me to basically go pound sand. So instead right. of bitching, I've moved to other platforms and I'm just doubling down, tripling down. And my intention <laughs> is to come back a hundred times stronger because fuck them. And, uh, yeah. I intend on doing it and slow, but steady. We're getting back, but, um, Good dude. Yeah. Hey Tom, don't let that, don't let that bust your bubble, dude. You know, it's just, it's just the environment we live in yeah. and you know that mm-hmm. and it ain't going to get any better anytime soon. Uh, hell, I mean, Facebook took, took down my page. Yeah. You know, like I made one post about one thing and the next day it was, it was gone. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it is, we can't do anything about it. You just circumvent it and go to the next thing. You know? Yeah. 
Well, it's, you know, I've actually actually kind of circled back into your uh, book, Loan Operator, which I'll also put in the description. And um, oh, okay. yeah, and anyone, yeah, anyone that wants to get it, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's on Kindle. You can get it on Amazon. Joe's offering autograph books, which you can get from his website. And uh, yes, but, you can actually. Dude, we've had a lot of those, bro. Fuck yeah. I had to order 68 more books. Fuck yeah. And people, yeah, man. So it's cool for birthdays. You know what I mean? Like if somebody watched the show, somebody's girlfriend, like, hey, my boyfriend would love an autographed copy. So we just ordered a bunch of books and from the publisher and I just autograph it and we just mail it off to him. So it's kind of cool. I, I like I like that stuff, man. Yeah. It's neat. You know, whenever uh, there's there's this one girl who started, wa- who started watching the podcast, kind of became a fan of it, and we've become friends since then. And uh, she's a bartender in Florida. I finally asked her, I was like, where'd you find my podcast? And she was yeah. like, oh, I, she was like, I had watched uh, I, I had watched that show with Joe Teddy. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, no, no, me and my friends think he's hot. So we were looking for videos. And I mean, I was like, fuck off. I was like, is that? And she's like, and we found your we found your channel. And and then we're like, oh, this guy is interesting. And I was like, I was like, he, I can't get I can't. I'm like, he's 20 years older than me. And they're like, I mean, you're cute. And I'm like, I'm like, eat a dick. But uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's just the TV thing. Well, that's all. But with with your book, I was actually going to say it. I have yeah. I have said it on here before. So everyone knows. But I and I do I do practice it is um is is in you know in the in the opening when you know you're talking about that kind of thing that went wrong in the 77 right. hours of escape and evasion right. you do mention in it and you've mentioned on this podcast before you say 10 meter targets you go don't look at well where are we going to be in three days where are we going to be in four days you look at what's there there's a rock we're moving to the rock we got to the rock what's you don't go what's at the top of the mountain you go there yeah. you just you zone into this Here's a step. Here's a step. Here's a step. And then next thing you know, it's been three days, and you're on the helicopter, and you're like, "Oh my god, we survived!" Now, granted, I've never been in a covert ops unit, and I've never been in an escape and evasion. But for even just, but most people listening haven't. So I would say more people probably have more in common with me than they do you. Than they do you is there are things like that, and. I've put my heart and soul into this podcast. And instead of going, I was up to 6,000 subscribers. Now I'm down to 500 on Rumble. And what am I doing? I find myself, no, but but I say this sincerely, and this isn't some canned shit. I mean, I I do say it is, I look at it as like, all right, well, what am I going to do today? Before you, I talked to a guy that worked on a nuclear sub and I have Ted Eye. What am I doing today? Talking to this guy, talking to Ted Eye, doing some laundry, going to bed. What's tomorrow? I have another, and I just look at, 10 meter targets and i know that if i keep doing this i will it might take a month or a year but i'll go oh the podcast is back up to its former fighting weight you're absolutely right dude and uh you know it's kind of like just living in the moment i guess is, is what it is is and, and and doing whatever you're doing to the best of your ability at that moment like the samurais like whatever they did they were in it a hundred percent and they were doing it the best they could it's just the same philosophy um but uh, yeah, you're right, man. That that the the E and E that I was involved in really opened my eyes to a lot of things, and a lot of things went wrong. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I changed my a lot of my TTPs because of it, because you know the book answer ain't always the right answer, <clears throat> and and I really didn't have anybody that you could go to because it was such an odd thing um, to even do to even get caught in that situation. But what we were doing and where we were, and it was a, it was a daylight thing that we just it turned really bad really fast and um i wasn't even i'll be honest with you i wasn't even going to write about it in my book 
Um, I'm not like a big fan of war stories. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got war stories. I get it. You know, if you're in a special ops unit or whatever, you're going to have war stories no matter who you are. <clears throat> but there was a, the, everybody asked me, you know, what's the scaredest you've ever been? And, and I think anybody that's ever been to combat to say you weren't scared. I, I think that's kind of like bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like an anxiety scared but you're not so scared that you're, you know, frozen. And that's obviously what they're looking for. You can still function. And, and maybe it's not scared. It's a little anxiety that builds up. But, you know, once you're, it's kind of like playing a sport, I guess, you're sitting on the sidelines and, you know, you're waiting to be called in and you're, oh my God. And now all of a sudden you're on the field and it's just business as usual. It was, it's kind of like that. But the anxiety with this particular thing was, it was just me and one other guy and, you know, we didn't have an AC, AC-130 flying around, and we didn't have fast movers to support us. And, we, you know, we didn't have little birds and daps, none of that shit, nothing. Uh, that really ups the odds. And it just, uh, we were, you know, if you read the book or if you have, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but the bottom line is it was a daylight target. It was a guy that we had been looking for, um, and they ended up finding him in I'm not going to tell you where he was, but the bottom line is the best way to just to tune this dude up was just to call an airstrike in. And the guy I went out there with, he was a former Delta guy. He was actually uh, involved in the whole Black Hawk Down thing. Really experienced guy. Very cool dude. Um, I actually became pretty good friends with the guy after that and um, kind of considered him one of my mentors, you know. And um, yeah, man, just got dropped off and either the bird was seen or whatever. And it, we were maybe two, three hours into it and started taking rounds uh, from real far away, actually. Um, and then we're like, oh, man. And that was like mission aboard criteria right there. I mean, we were compromised and we still had another train feature. They actually dropped us off two train features away. And then we were just going to get on top of this mountain and call in an airstrike. We already we knew the dude was there. Uh, they had just PID the guy like right then and our source was pulling off the target we were coming in and um yeah man it was just one of those things and the bottom line is uh once that first round kind of goes off like everybody talks about their e and e plan but let me tell you something that shit went right out the window because you know we started e and then they'd cut us off and then we'd go this way and cut us off. so they, they were communicating as well so they had comms and their force started getting bigger. Maybe our first contact, it was a few guys. Then it was like seven, then 10. And, it, and come the third day, it was probably, you know, a little over a dozen or more. And then they had more weapons. They didn't just have AKs at that time. They had PKMs and RPKs. Uh, they'd fired a um, RPG at us. So anyway, it, um, so getting back to my scaredest time, and that's what people ask, what's the scariest you've ever been? And, Dude, there was no shooting going on. It was, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, and the guy I was with, uh, we were pretty strung out. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, it'd been like 49, 52 hours, something like that, into it. And we didn't have a whole lot of water. We'd already drank our water. We just had some power bars. We're only gonna be out for, you know, a few hours. So, right, like, you know, it was that same old thing, like, oops, if I would have known what I'd known, right? So um, he asked me, he asked me for an ammo count. And I just said, you know, um, I've got one mag left. And he said, no, like, how many rounds do you have left? So I had a round in the chamber. I took out my mag and I stripped off, I think it was like seven rounds or something like that. And uh, so I got seven rounds left and uh, plus one in the chamber. 
And I mean, just as calmly as I'm talking to you, you just said, just put one in your pocket. And I said, okay, Roger. And I was, dude, I ain't lying. I was pretty tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, I was pretty damn tired and dehydrated and, and, you know, getting to that point of like becoming almost combat ineffective. It didn't strike me right then and there what he was saying to me, but, you know, where we were and the situation, you know, obviously if we would have got hemmed up and captured, probably wouldn't have turned out really well for us. You know, um, matter of fact, it wouldn't have, you know, um, and um, the cavalry wasn't coming because of several situations. One, we were in a tick and they didn't want to have a bird shot done at that time did. The Navy had just had a, a, lost a bunch of guys on extortion. I mean, so there was a lot of bad stuff that was going on anyway. And they're like, hey, you need to get to another area. And anyway, long story short, um, you know, it, it hit me after we started walking what he was suggesting. And I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. But I remember, bro, I, I could just feel the blood <laughs> like, just, like just drain out of me um, because of you know, basically what he was insinuating is like, you know, we're, we're two guys, <laughs> we're out of ammo pretty much. Um, and we're being chased by a new numerically larger force, uh, that had more guns, more people, more ammo. And it was just going to get to a point where we were just flat ass out of ammo. And that's that, you know, now what you throw rocks at the fucking guys. I mean, that ain't going to fly, but, um, you know, it was only because, and I, I would love to tell you the dude's name, but I can't, but he was a former task force 160 pilot that flew for the organization that I worked for. <clears throat> and he, uh, well, I, I don't know if <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was breaking a few rules by coming in where we were, because we had to get to a certain location, be picked up. Anyway, we were, we had called and said like, we're out of ammo you know, and that's pretty much it. And we're probably not going to get to where we need to be. Um, and he, we came to this wadi, right? Like just, it was just dropped dead off like 80 feet to a dried up riverbed. And it went for, I don't know, I couldn't even see the end of it on that end. And that was it. And um, kind of like back up against the wall. And he flew in at the MI-17 and turned the ass into the bird around the wadi. Dude, I remember seeing the, the rotors and I'm thinking, oh my God, man, if this guy gets like one little downdraft, <laughs> you know, we're, it's, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get hacked up, and but anyway, we ended up jumping on the ramp, and I remember uh, the guy I was with. He jumped first, he landed, and as I was jumping it, just as I got on the ramp, this dude poof, he took off, and I remember I hit the ground or hit hit the the uh, the bottom of the bird and slid all the way uh, to one side of the bird, like hit up against the seats, and um, I just remember him kind of like grabbed me by the shoulder, and he's like. That wasn't too bad, was it? You know, just that sick humor kind of shit. <laughs> and and I'm like, God almighty, like, I don't want to do that again. You know, like that was, but it was an eye opener just because, you know, a lot of guys will just E&E, will just do this. But it, it, no, 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 it, it wasn't just that. Did we end up dropping our plates? Because we knew um, that time and distance was going to save us, not these fucking plates. There's, you know what I mean? It just wasn't going to save us. So we, we dropped, literally just <laughs> dropped our front and back, back plates out and um, loosened up our load a little bit and um, so we could move faster. And uh, so there was a lot. That AAR dude was amazing. After we got back, our after action and the debrief was um, 
quite expensive. And it was funny because we got back, we looked on the computer, we were carrying BFTs, Blue Force trackers, or basically just begging, put your rug that tracks you. And uh, you can send codes. And all. Anyway, um, it was so funny. You could see the little cookie marks. And it was like, like, like this. Yeah, it was crazy. So, yeah, you're not just going to eat any, uh, especially in, in a situation like that. And um, with a new numerically superior force, it just, I remember the one night the guy I was with, he said, We're, we had e e maps, obviously. And he's like, give me your map. And I said, what do you need it for? He's like, I'm going to wipe my ass with it. You got to take a shit. <laughs> like, like straight up, you know, so um but yeah, that was, um, it was an eye opener. It was a real, and I've talked to Dale about it, you know, and, uh, you know, and everybody likes the war game shit. Yeah. You know, um, well, I would have done this and I would have done that. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. But, you know, maybe not. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be in the game, you know, with the talk, the clock ticking to make those decisions. And, um, I never wore game when other people say, what have you done? Well, I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, it's like those guys, the seals that got compromised. Um, um, there was a movie they made about it. Um, with Mark Wahlberg. Um, oh, uh, um, Lone Survivor. Yeah. You know, I've been asked a million times, well, what, you know, what do they do? Like, look, is that what I had done based on what I saw on TV? I'd have probably done something else, but is that what really happened? You don't know. You can't hammer those guys for what they did. You know, it was a bad situation. They got fucking compromised. That's it. Yeah. It's war. You know, and you can't, you can't, you can't plan for everything. A lot of people that are watching, like, well, did you have contingency? Well, you do, but you you don't want to have so many contingencies in place. You get like analysis paralysis. Yeah. Where it's like, well, Christ, you know, if, if you look at it that way, we shouldn't even go. <laughs> you know. Um, so, um, you got, it's, it's one of those things you gotta be very, very careful. You can only plan so much, but units like that and, and guys like I was with had so much experience. That's where the value is, Tom. You're dealing with a bunch of guys who's, you know, I, I wasn't one of them. I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, I, I, I got thrown into that mix and, you know, it was very intimidating, uh, working with a bunch of guys that came from those units and had that kind of experience. And here I am. So, um, but I'll be honest with you. I don't even know, honestly, if we would have survived, if it would have been like two of me, you know what I mean? Like it just, I just didn't have the experience to, um, right. And, and, and he was, he was, he was on Johnny on the spot. And there was a couple of things that we did, you know, that, um, that just gave us that break in contact and, Time and distance, and, and I said, I think I even said it in my book, dude. Physicality. Let me tell you something, man. If you weren't in shape right there, you're dead. You're dead as shit. Well, that's actually what I was going to pull into it. Was I was just thinking of that the other? No bullshit. I was just thinking that the other day, and I was like, I do remember you saying. I remember you said that in person when we were shooting. You were like, the only thing that set it apart, you're like, was just the brute force ability. I mean, mind over matter is one thing, but if the matter can't do it, like just actual aerobic capabilities. And dude, we were at, man, I'm trying to remember. I think we were about 9,000 feet. Oh, geez. You know, that's not that high. I mean, that's not that high. But it's enough to get winded. You know what I mean? Like, you could feel it. 
um, certainly, you know, like a major mountain, but it was enough that you could feel it. So that's one of the things that in our AAR we said is like absolutely without a doubt, our physical ability saved our life without a doubt. If you were to name one thing, it wasn't our shooting and our tactics and all that bullshit. It was our physical ability to get as far away as these guys as we could and put time and distance, but they had radios. <laughs> so you can't outrun a radio, right? You know, it's like a cop chasing. He's like, well, I got a fast car. Well, your car ain't going to outrun a radio. Yeah. And that's the way it was there. These guys were communicating that we kept going and going. To, I will tell you, if we would have stopped and sat like for more than, man, dude, I mean, 30 minutes probably would have cost us the, the difference. Like we were constantly moving. We may stop for five or 10 minutes, get our bearings, and then we were gone. You know, we didn't really even stop the whole time. It just went from day to night to day to night, you know. And it was it was 77 hours from the time, the time that we got infilled from the time we got picked up. Now, that ain't the time the day before waking up. So if you add in all that time as well, we were up for, you know, 85 hours, 88. I mean, dude, when I got back, I should, there's a picture I should send you of me sitting on the ramp of the bird. And the pilot, he's laying in the back with his head over his head and hand over his head. And if you look closely, there's a hole in the floor of the bird. And I'm sitting right in front of a 500-gallon extended fuel tank. And if you look, if you went under the bird and looked, I mean, it probably missed the fuel tank by that much. Because they were shooting at us when we took off. And one round went right underneath the bird. And when I, I think it went out to hit the window or something. And it put a hole in the, you know, the uh, plexiglass in the window. But, yeah, dude, like, I got a picture of me sitting there. And I look like, you know, 10 pounds of shit stuffed in a five-pound bag. Like, I had a... My eyes were beet red, out sunburned, exposure. You know, we 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 lost ten pounds each. You know, um, severely dehydrated. Um, my feet were tore up. You know, just blisters on my blisters. And but um, but yeah, so a buddy of mine, this dude that I was working with, <clears throat> the bird landed. And of course, they had the medics and shit there. And I was sitting on the edge of the ramp, and. Uh, he just looked at it and he was like, damn, dude, you look like shit. Hold on. He ran back and grabbed the camera and, and took a picture. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know, <laughs> pretty cool picture though. But you can see the state that we were in. It was not good. I mean, and and I mean, obviously I read this and I've heard you tell this story. It's, but it's still like, I'm still sitting here. Like it's the first time I'm hearing it. It just, it just like that's gotta fuck with you, like on just kind of little, little things. Like years later, and you're getting, you know, and you're working on your nutrition line, and you're doing this, and you got your website, and your coaching, and your wet. How does that? I mean, it's got to be like those soldiers in World War One who, you know, they left the barracks to go take a piss, and they came back, and the place was destroyed from artillery, and they just right. talk about that chaos of Hitler was one of them. They talk about that chaos of like. It wasn't even skill. It was just, I was just, I was just, it was just chance. How does that fuck with you like years yeah. later? Dude, that's so funny you should say that because I've said that to a lot of people. Dude, there's a lot of luck in there. Like you may be a super highly trained guy and <clears throat> whatever, but there's actually some luck involved and just the happenstance of war. You know, it, it's war. <clears throat> and like my first tour, I only went to Iraq one time. And I uh, never went back. And so 
my first tour, first week, um, we were in a cab. We used to ride around in cabs because they're everywhere. And um, I had uh, my Peltor, my helmet on my Peltors, and we had stopped and gotten out, and I was, the door opened, and I was just standing there. And I hear one shot, and a dude shot at me and hit my Peltors. And it literally spun my Peltors and my helmet like <laughs> like a cartoon character. And it black and blue the side of my face. But if I would have stood up and taken a half a step more, but you know what I mean? And that has nothing to do with tactics. That has nothing to do with nothing except just stupid luck. You know what I mean? Um, it, 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 and yeah, that's what screws with you. And, and I, I've, I've said it to a lot of people. It's it's not the bullet that's got your name on it that makes you worried because you're not going to see that one coming. It's all these other little things like, dang, like, dang, that was close. Dang, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's kind of um, what you what you think about is how fragile the whole process is like man if i would have just stepped over here and boom that would have been it it would have you know right between the eyes like literally i actually have those pelters in my in my uh in my room and i look at them same with that bullet you know it just reminds me that you know things can, can happen like that you know it's um um yeah i was very lucky dude my worst injury there i mean i got hit not even with a ricochet. I round went underneath a Humvee and it tore the casing off the round. And I just got hit with the casing. It only went like that far. I mean, it was literally a pair of tweezers and, you know, and cleaned it up. But I slammed my middle finger in a Hilux store and it flattened it. And that was like my worst injury there. You know, and it's embarrassing because I know there's a lot of guys out there that have been hurt really, really bad, you know, really bad. And um, I remember... I remember this one time there was this guy I worked with. He was a pretty religious dude. As a matter of fact, he was very religious, but he was he worked in the same organization I did in the same unit I was in. So um, he said to me one day, he says, you have this weird glow around you that, like, I know nothing's going to happen to you here. I'm like, really? <laughs> I said, I hope you're right, dude. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He goes, you got a very weird aura. Like, I, I can just tell you're, you're not going to get a scratch over here, dude. And I don't know why he said that to me. I, I mean, I kind of was like, that was really nice, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, wow. Whoa, whoa, you know? whoa. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you know, I certainly didn't think anything, but yeah, that was, that was my worst injury, man. I slammed my finger and, and it, it, it really jacked my finger up. But, um, but compared to other guys, I was very, very lucky, you know, but yeah, it's just chance, dude. It's war. I don't know how to explain it to people. I mean, good guys get hurt. Good guys get killed, you know, um, and, and it sometimes has nothing to do with tactics. It's just dumb luck, you know, just dumb luck. As you move forward in life, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I mean, just, you know, the amount of guys I talked to from the military. I mean, I just had on a guy that was, you know, was in a nuclear sub in the cold war and he's now focused on like raising his son does, you know, I mean, obviously you got to stay busy. It's just good for the mind. You're doing your nutrition. You have your book. You're doing wet sea, tier one. Does any part of you have to almost unplug? And I don't mean that in the sense of, I don't care what happens anymore. It's because you can't stay. You can't put your head in the sand. Right. But when you see certain, like what happened in Kabul or, you know, is it almost like you almost, you only have so much battery that it's like, I'm not like I'm not serving and I'm not there and I'm not read in. Do 
do you almost have to go like it's not my fight anymore? And I don't I don't mean that in the in a disregard it, but is it almost like I did my thing? I'm engaged in my companies now. Like, do you almost have to compartmentalize your 100%. energy? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I still know guys that are that work for who I used to work for that are that are still there, but you don't really communicate with them because yeah. you know what they're doing. What I'm just yeah. you just don't. It's a weird thing. You think you would, but you just don't. Um, but what you know, what I think about is you know they're still there doing the deed. Um, I can look in the mirror and go, you know what? I, I did my bit. You know, I, I, I made a small difference, you know, and, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's for, for some guys, I watch some of these podcasts and, and I watch some of these interviews. Sadly, a lot of these guys suffer from, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and they can't let it go. Yeah. You know, I, I feel bad for those dudes, man, because I don't, you know, I, I I've been spared that nightmare. Um, I don't know why I just, I have, um, thank God. And, but I've known actually, um, a couple guys have committed suicide in the last 10 years, um, that I, that I knew. And, um, but yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, it's like anything, Tom, I think it's like, you know, I was a Marine and I got a Marines and I was a stockbroker and I went SF and did that and then went the other unit and, you know, uh, your life is broken up, at least the way I look it up, in just, you know, stages. And for me, I, I just always want to feel like I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? And and and, and growing as a person, because uh, I, I say it all the time, if you ain't going forward, you're going backwards. <laughs> you know, and I hate that. It's just, I, I don't like wasting days because, you know, time's precious. I mean, everything can end tomorrow. I say that every day. Nothing's promised, man. So, um, but you're absolutely right. I just, you know, I, I am happy with what I've done and I'm just moving on to a different part. I'm proud of what I've done. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think of my past as, uh, stepping stones to what I'm doing now. And I can look back and draw strength from just like what we just talked about. Like it really isn't that bad. You hear people bitching and moaning, and like, I'm having such a bad day. I'm like, well, let me tell you about a bad day I had once. <laughs> you know? let, me, let me tell you a bad day I had one time. And, and you know, and you tell somebody and they just look at you like, huh? Like, yeah, man, like straight up. Like, and that's, I think I've meant this is another reason why I don't really, I'm not like a big hunter anymore. Yeah. I used to hunt all the time, dude. Like I was a big time hunter. I bow hunted and um, it, that feeling of being pursued like that it was horrifying. Like I, the, and I think I talked about it in my book. It, it, I felt very claustrophobic. Like the whole world went like this, you know, like you're in this bubble and like that feeling of being pursued by people that wanted your ass dead. It, it was just, I don't know, man, maybe that just rattled my brain a little bit too much. And I just don't, I don't hunt for that reason. I know that sounds really odd. No. Because no. they're animals. And we're human beings, but they're animals, but they're still living creatures and they can feel fear. And they and, and I don't know, man. There's just something about that. Um I, I just uh, I don't do it. I mean, I can. I mean, of course I have I did it on my show on hunt, but I don't just go out and go deer hunting just for shits and giggles anymore, you know. But because of that situation. I you yeah. know, I don't think that sounds odd at all. You but you but you have discussed that before and it's something that, you know, 
interests me and I, and I don't mean to like belittle the worst day into your life is to just something that's like a passing interest of mine. No, but I mean, it is a fascinating thing. You've said that like you have felt it like it's a, like you, you have felt what it is to be hunted. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it would do just a different feeling from just being, you know, in a tick or getting caught in a gunfight somewhere. It, it, like that's almost a given. Like that's what you do. You hit targets, whatnot. This fight. was like completely like you may plan for it, but that feeling that I got from it. Uh, and I didn't feel it like the first day it was towards the end, you know, like the third day I was like, God dang, these are these, they were just being relentless. I guess that's why it wasn't like, get, 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 you know, get out of here. You know what I mean? It was, it kept going and going and go, it was that pursuit thing, not just tick, break contact by, you know, we're out of here. It was break contact, move, break contact, move, you know, and, um, Another thing too, I, I, a lot of people laughed at me after. Actually, a couple things happened, but uh, I wasn't carrying a lot of ammo. Uh, we were actually traveling very light, and uh, I had four mags in my vest and one in my gun. Um, and after that, bro, I, I had magazines stuck up my rear end. Like I, I just, I wouldn't go anywhere without nine nine magazines, eight in my vest, one in my gun. Uh, and if I had a, a backpack on, I had one or two in there with a couple extra frags, like, you know, and there's an actual, I ain't going to tell the story now, but, um, you can ask Dale about it. Um, w- when I was in Afghanistan, we were co-mingled a lot of times with the guys from task force blue, uh, development guys <laughs> and, um, from team six. And so good dudes, you know, wealth of knowledge hung out with them and, you know, just, uh, chit chat and just. One time we were getting relieved to do something, and I noticed none of the dudes had pistols on. And I was like, what? And of course, I had my Glock. So I walked up to this one guy, and I'm like, hey, bro, like, why aren't you guys carrying pistols? He's like, eh, just being out conscious, don't really, you know. I'm like, wow, no shit. So uh, I'm like, fuck it. It's almost like peer pressure. I'm like, well, they're yeah. not carrying pistols. Something. So the first mission that I went on that I didn't have a pistol I regretted it. Oh man, dude. It was really bad. Really bad. And uh I talked to Dill about it the other day and I asked him if he had ever heard of anything like that happening. He said never. And you know how much experience he has. Yeah. And um, but uh yeah, and after that, dude, I didn't go anywhere without a pistol. And I didn't go anywhere. I had a single here's another real quick one, but I had a single point sling on, um, and it had one of those little uh, detachable fast tacks so you could leave your sling on and take your weapon off and then you can just click it back on never wore it again after that my gun came off so yeah it's kind of a long story and uh but uh a lot of things changed that day um where i was like dang like i need to tighten up my shot room you know when, when you think you're running on all eight cylinders and then something happens you go oh man by the grace of god i made it through that one you know and um you know, and I, I, I took a very serious look at the way I was conducting business over there. Complacency, dude. I don't think there's a soft guy out there, not one, at least any that are honest, that don't say they got a little complacent. Especially if it was their, you know, fifth or sixth rotation in country. 
you know, you're there for 90, 120 days and you're at the end of it and you're just kind of like, all right, here we go again. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. Senior. Big mistake. Yeah. Senioritis. You're ready to go. And then, yeah, Dude. also it's like y- y'all are the baddest motherfuckers in the country. You're not, not nothing against them, but it's not like you're just occupying infantry. Y'all are the tip of the spear. There's no way it doesn't get it. I'm sure Rogan has days where he looks back and goes, ah, man, I'm not maybe delivering my A game. You get a little cocky. Sure. Sure. Well, dude, when you get, yeah, I mean, for I think for anybody that, you know, climbs that ladder mm-hmm. and they start seeing, like, the tip of the mountain, right? Like, I didn't see the tip of the mountain when I was in the Marines. Not even close. I didn't see the tip of the mountain when I was in SF. Like, I, I just didn't um, and, until I got into this particular unit. Then I was like, oh, like the light bulb went off. You know, it's like being on a, uh, like being on a basketball team with a bunch of Michael Jordans. And here I am, this high school basketball player, you know, like you better pick up your game, dude, like real fast. And I did, but, um, you, um, but yeah, you, you'll get a little cocky. Sure. I, I, I I am not going to lie about that. You start seeing yourself progress in your career and I'm getting stronger and I'm getting faster and my shooting's getting better and this is getting better. And like, yeah, man, um, seven foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah. And we both know that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, no, you start feeling like an animal, and you're like, fucking all right, and then it's, yeah, right, I mean, it's like, right, it's a, I mean, again, it's like Black Hawk Down, and it's, we don't need our nods, we're only going out for an hour, we don't need water. Dude, that's exactly like the same kind of thing that happened with me and this guy, like, like, we don't need not, dude, went through that same checklist, like, we don't need this, and we don't need this, and we don't need this, no, we don't need our water bladders, you know, I got two bottles of water, we're good, right, travel light, that whole thing. Dude, come to bite us in the ass, man. So yeah, um, but um, but yeah, I, I I caught myself doing that. I'm not gonna lie to you, Tom. I um, I caught myself kind of feeling like, yeah, dude, it, it's gonna take a few badasses to take me out of the game. But the fact of the matter is, you- it don't take you know one guy not even on his game shooting around a corner and skipping around off the ground or skipping around off a wall and poof, you catch it in the face and you're done. You're done, and it's that's it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I know I've got you for like five more minutes, but I wanted to say, I mean, you can, I'm just thinking about this now, you can actually tell that you practice what you preach in terms of, you know, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. I mean, I know I can. I, I know my podcast is getting bigger and better cameras and lighting and I'm moving forward with it. But I mean, even you, first episode we did, it was like you were on like a laptop in front of like a like a fucking bureau with like China dishware in it. And I was like making right over there. Yeah. 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 yeah and I was like, make... some, dude, I actually got some new lighting by the way. Well, yeah, I know, yeah, but I, I can do... tell though, but I mean, little oh, shit. What, what, that, oh, what, that's what I'm getting to is like, you can, with everything you do, you're moving forward, better camera, but I mean, even just better at talking on it. And then not only that, but it's Tom, I've got this idea for a course, Tom, I'm going to make this course. I'm going to call it Wetsy. Oh, I've got my first course coming up. Oh, I've got my fifth course co- to now. It's just like, Snap your fingers. I mean, now we're on episode five, this five sixty nine, and it's like, wow. yeah, but it's dude? yeah, but I mean, what wow, I'm that's crazy. what I'm saying with you is, you can see as it goes forward. I mean, even Dale with building his brand, or you with your company, and right. T- Tom, I've got I'm I got this idea for this nutrition thing. I might be doing this nutrition thing. I think this nutrition right. thing is going to work. To now, hey Tom, the website's live. It's you can actually see, so you don't need to take Joe's word for it or my word for it and be like, oh, these guys are just kissing each other's asses. Go back and look at past episodes, yeah. and you can see it progressing forward. And it's like proofs in the pudding. So I can know I can actually say like, oh, you're, you're doing what you're talking about. You're 
moving and, forward. And the, the, my problem is, dude, and you ask anybody that knows me, one of my chinks in my armor is I'm very impatient. Yeah. So, like, I want it right now, right? And so um, I always have to reel myself back in where, hey, you know, you're you're progressing, you're doing, but you, you can't turn a, a snowball into a snowman in two rolls. Yeah. You know what I mean? It takes time. So, so for those that are listening, be patient, just keep moving forward. Every day, I always say to myself, I need to do three things, just three, to progress my business. Yeah. Whether that's making a phone call to someone, whether it's sending any, three things, you know, and I feel like, you know, I've done something to move my business forward. Um, and But if not, you know, now you've got, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, mm -hmm. two steps forward. And that, I've done it before, you know, where I was not, focused as, as much as I should have been. Right. Um, and, um, it only takes a few times to get smacked in the face or lose a big chunk of money, which I have a few times where you go, Ooh, eesh. you know, that ain't happening again. Yeah. You know? And, um, I, I think, and I, I bet you'll agree with me. And for those that are listening, you learn 10 times more from failing yeah. than you will ever learn from succeeding. And I've seen guys on these podcasts and they, they, you know, come from like, you know, the community where I came from. And some of these, I've never failed. Like, really, dude, never. Like I failed so much. I've lost count. But that is what progresses you down the road to becoming successful. You know, you just gotta keep, you know, like Dyson, the guy that came out that, I don't know if you read his story. He had like 1400 failed patents, 1400. I mean, and look at them now. I mean, Edison had ten thousand. Exactly. I mean, there's perfect examples like that. You just got to keep plugging away, plug away, plug away. You just can't make uh, that fatal mistake that sinks your whole boat. Yeah. You, know, you can lose a battle or two or three or five, but don't lose the war. You know what I mean? So, like, in, if you got a dollar in the bank, like, screw it. I'm investing ninety cents in this. But if it goes south. I'm done. And I've done that before. Uh three times. <laughs> yeah. But it no, it's times, it's you know? tr it's true. I mean, I would say getting booted off YouTube and before that and still yeah. now with censorship, suppression, having things squashed. Yes, sir. I, I hate it. But goddamn, if that hasn't made me like leaner and meaner and and Thank finding you, bigger guests, because I'm like, listen, I can, they're not going to promote any of my shit. You know, I'm not in a wheelchair, LGBT fucking right. whatever. Like, it's I'm a white guy with an American flag talking to another white guy. Like, right. it's made me like leaner and meaner and stronger. I'm like, I got to get better guests. I got to get bigger guests. They're going to kick me off YouTube. So I, now I'm working on these fucking bullshit other platforms where I got to shift this and shift that. It makes you. I hate it, but yeah, Absolutely. no. Failure is what it fucking, it's the little, it's the little. 100%, bro. Yeah. Just keep plugging away. Dude, for real, you've done how many podcasts so far? This is episode 569. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. It just seems like the other day you started this thing. Yeah. You were, your oh, first episode, yeah, your first episode was, Dale was, Dale came on episode 50, and then you came on with Dale, I think it was like 72. So you've been here for the majority of it. <laughs> Yeah, man. Dude, that is really that's impressive, man. I had no idea. If I were to guess, I'd have said maybe two hundred and fifty, maybe. That's still a lot. I, that's still a lot. I, I do. Wow. I do an episode a day. I email two wow, potential. Yeah. Well, like you said, I email two potential guests a day, every single day. 
and because you get about a one percent response rate. And right. uh, I make sure I post it on some platform in some forum every day. Right. And it's like the snowball; it goes slow, but you look back, and all yes, of a sudden sir. you go, "Episode five hundred. Oh. You go, oh, "Oh shit!" And it's it is that thing. I will oh, let man. you go. I've, I've, I've kept you two oh, minutes um, longer than I said I would. Joe Ted, right, Tier One Nutrition, Performance Coaching, your book, everything. I'll put it all in the description. I'm forgetting Thanks, it right um, now, so it's all right there. Autograph Thanks, books available. Everything. Joe Ted, author of Lone Operator. I love you, my brother. Thank you for coming you, on here. Thanks, Stay safe. Um, God bless everybody. Take recording care. Recording stopped. Peace.